from the highly secure, top secret, soundproof headquarters of the Spurs Insider Podcast. Welcome to another edition of said Spurs Insider Podcast. We have we have some hot mics in here today. That that's been the the story around the world, and uh, we got our cans on. We're going to talk about the Spurs and the Rockets and Jeff eating crow on Lonnie Work- Walker. Um, Tom, what? Speaking to your hot mic, you are being recorded. Tom, uh, Ringo Starr, Orsborn, what sticks out to you about these the the Spurs coming back to life against the Rockets? Well, it could be the turnaround game. You know, the game that turns the whole season around. It's certainly you know Lonnie Walker's unleashed. Yes, uh, that you know it could be memorable from that degree. But it's all for naught if they lose to Sacramento and he doesn't play or whatever pop. Uh, you know, deems necessary to continue his development. But I, I just those want, are the two things that stick out. I want to back up because I thought uh, beating Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and the Clippers was the turnaround game. That's true. Like, uh, I, I was misinformed. Turnaround part two. Because I guess they went from there and lost by 34 by God points to the yes. Detroit by God Pistons. So, like, you, I don't know how much you want to trust these guys. Right yeah. now, like they're gonna, they're gonna have to prove it to you, right? Like maybe win two in a row for the first time since October. Hey, right. we're we're fed up. I heard that in the locker room. That was a good quote from Demar. I neglected to introduce everyone. We do have Tom Orsborn back. Everybody we, knows who we are. <laughs> we we have the chipper, the always enthusiastic, energetic Jeff McDonald. Not with a um, big gulp this week, but he's I couldn't got get his, one. I he's was, got his Coke Zero in a bottle. Yeah, I was I was caught in traffic. Couldn't he get was my big caught hope. in traffic, showing less respect for the studio than last week. He wore a uh, blazer, and now he's got his hoodie. I'm your host, Mike Finger. Uh, th- on the note of this this comeback or the the arrival turning point game for the Spurs, it's the con- the weird season continues because it's just been awful uh, in terms of like the historical standards that the Spurs have set. And in the past week, they've beaten two teams that might be like championship contenders. Well, we think they have. I don't know yeah. if you want to break the fourth wall, but we're speaking here about noon on uh, on Wednesday. Yes. We're still not sure if the Spurs won the game last night. That's true. So There, there is an official protest. We could be bringing up, like for the, our really old listeners, uh, like George Brett and Pintar in terms of pro- protest games being played over again. I think the last protest that has been successful in the NBA was 2008, 2008 involving the Sacramento Kings. The That was one of the more bizarre uh, tipping points of an NBA game that you've ever seen. And maybe it didn't all come down to the hardened missed dunk. but uh, Made dunk, mind you. Made dunk. That, was, that we're sure of. That defied physics, went through the net, flipped back over the rim, and then, actually, the Rockets were kind of screwed by two calls on that play because I think, and I haven't seen, maybe you guys have seen the replay, was it even out on, on uh, Harden after the ball came out? I, I didn't, I didn't, no, I didn't look. Yeah. And, and we failed to mention the guy sweeping the court. Oh, yeah. Out of the way at the this last is true. Second. Yeah. True. That was a good hustle there. Um, the, if, if, if that, and, and, we could talk about turning points on this podcast every week. I think it's going to be one of those things where we repeat ourselves where this team is going to lose some games it shouldn't and maybe win some games that surprise you. If this does turn into the thing that kind of wakes everybody up, and, and Tom alluded to this earlier, um, DeMar DeRozan said in the locker room that guys just had to get fed up with losing. We're not going to take it anymore. Not going to take fed it anymore. We're not going to take it. All, Jeff, always with the timely musical references. If this turns out, If this turns out to be that moment, I mean – for it to happen, first of all, against the Rockets, 
kind of a longtime Spurs whipping boy, Mike D'Antoni, who has been on the short end of a lot of bizarre Spurs moments over the years. Um, it's it's it'd be kind of a cool story because what we haven't mentioned yet uh, that happened last night in this game is after the weird hardened dunk, which went through, came out, and was not counted, the Rockets freak out. Now all of a sudden you ha- the Spurs are still down by 13, and they need the incredible long-awaited arrival of Lonnie Walker the fourth who comes alive and proves Jeff McDonald wrong. I mean, it's wrong. about time they played that guy. <laughs> proves Jeff McDonald wrong, proves Greg Popovich wrong, proves all the haters on the street that Tom Orsborn's talked to and his beat. And, Marco and Bellinelli. Poor Marco. Crestfallen. Poor Marco. Will he ever play again after that? And, and – uh, we're kind of poking fun, but that was an incredibly uh, impressive performance by the kid. Yeah, I know you guys are going to beat me up, but uh-huh. it, it took me back to Tony Romo's emergence. <laughs> oh hey, Parcells—he stuck with Bledsoe for so long. Yeah, the fans were all over him. Yeah, but he said, "Hey, the kid's not ready. I'm—I know what I'm doing. Uh-huh. Back off." Then he unleashed him, and you know, took the league by storm. I'm not saying that's going to happen with Lonnie, but. There are some parallels. It was interesting. I liked how Pop played this, you know, uh, chewing him out publicly Uh on Halloween night. Yeah. Uh, He says, Lonnie says it wasn't a wake-up call. Some of his teammates say the same thing. But it had to have been. Yeah. Um, It had to have done done the kid well. Yeah. There's going to be a a chicken-and-the-egg debate that we've had before about guys like DeJounte Murray and Derek Walker and basically everybody who's gone to the G League and uh, had fans clamoring for their um, arrival in the NBA and saying, you know, why aren't these guys, these rookies that the Spurs play, why don't they play their first year? Why does Pop insist on being mean to them and sending them up to Austin and not giving them a chance? And then they come down and they're great. Well, is it, are they great because they had to sit? Are they great because the Spurs player development knows what it's doing and taking their time? Or is Pop kind of too slow on the trigger in terms of playing these guys? I mean, there's probably some gray area there, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, maybe Lonnie Walker could have done this a week ago. He might. But I don't know that he could have done this a month ago. I would agree with you. And in sitting way up in our seats in the AT&C Center last night through the first half when Lonnie started getting some run – it didn't look great. It wasn't great. great. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I don't. Sometimes I don't like having these discussions because it makes it seem like I'm anti Lonnie right. Walker or I'm down on him. Or, right. I, but it's, it's. But it's it's amazing how quick these things can flip. How how easily store narratives can go the other way because let's say that dunk goes through for Harden and there isn't this delay and the the Rockets pull away and Lonnie doesn't have his huge fourth quarter then you then we come into this highly secure soundproof studio today um in in an undisclosed location and we're talking about how hey Pop gave Lonnie a chance last night and he still looked not so great right like like because until the fourth quarter he didn't look great right he was doing okay right he found himself Kind of isolated on on Harden, and there were a lot of guys who did kind of okay against him last night defensively. Right. Derek White right. played okay defensively against him. Dejounte did. So the discussion we're having here today, if that dunk goes is counted and the Spurs don't come back, is Lonnie got his chance, and we're still not sure. Like yeah. Marco might be playing the next game. Yeah. yeah but yeah. because this confluence of events takes place, where everything sort of goes right, and Lonnie becomes the player that all the shut-ins and robots dream that he could be. Can robots dream? Probably. Um, 
that we're talking about he's 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 the next big thing. So I I, I don't know what the truth is. Is that four of seven from three point? Is that an aberration? I mean, is that? I mean, it, he doesn't. Uh, he hasn't had that profile yeah, so right. far to be a, a high thirty percent, forty percent three point shooter. But if he could get there, that would change a lot of the mm-hmm. dynamic. I yeah. think part of the part of the quote unquote problem with him is he's another slasher on a team full of slashers. He's the most athletic player they have on the roster, and maybe have had on the roster for years. When we were watching him struggle last night from upstairs, and kind of having a discussion up there about how well he, things haven't gone great for him. I will give Jeff McDonald, who's wrong about most things, credit <laughs> when he, he said, yeah, but he can get to the rim and just about, just about anybody. And he can get to the rim better than anybody on the team, even though he was missing layups in the first half. This guy, Jeff McDonald, actually said something that made somewhat sense in that situation. And then in the fourth quarter, he started finishing the shots that he was missing. Right. And, and making, like, that was the first time I probably saw him consistently make a shot outside of, like, 10 feet. Right. So that's important. And then the defense... We don't, we don't, we don't know if that's going to be consistent. Right, right. And the defense has to come along. Those are, re- those are the reasons he, he wasn't just an automatic rotation piece. What it sort of reminded me of, and this isn't going as far back as Tom and, and Tony Romo, but um, the playoff game last year with Derek White, where all of a sudden the crowd is like, this is our next year. Yes, the crowd is yes. just waiting for this next star yeah, that the, the Spurs are going to have. Over, and the energy and And you just start thinking... I, I'm talking about the the fans up in the rafters and and all around the quarter, just thinking, "This is who we've been who we who." Easy for me to say. This is who we've been <laughs> waiting yeah, for. Yeah, but he, but he, I'm down. the only guy in here without a beverage, and it's <laughs> I'm I'm feeling a little parched. The the way Derek took over that Denver game last year was the same way. It was like Derek White is the next Manu Ginobili crossed with. George Gervin. And and that's what Lonnie Walker was like last night. And yes, people are making too big of a deal about it. But this team has lost almost twice as many games as it's won this year, and the and the fans are desperate for any kind of hope, and Lonnie gave it to him. So now he faces what Derek faced. Teams exactly. are gonna be paying attention to him, that little chalkboard right before the game, you know. So that's the yeah. challenge. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So did Pop make a mistake by waiting this long to unleash the uh No. Tom Orsborn has been known for decades as Greg Popovich's biggest fan. And And the feeling is mutual. Honestly, honestly, I, I, yeah, I, I'm not going to question him. I think that, I think the truth is that pop probably could have played him sooner. Mm -hmm. Um, That, that there's a, there's a middle ground between should, should Lonnie have been getting, 24 minutes per game last year? Absolutely not. Like, Pop was right. The staff was right. Should he been in the rotation to start this year? Maybe. Probably. But, do- but like, what are we really arguing about? Because I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure that keeping him out of the rotation ended up costing them games. Because, as, as you mentioned before, friend of the podcast, Marco Bellinelli, like, He's had one of the highest plus minuses on the team, so it's not like Marco Bellinelli. I know people don't like the way he plays, and he's not a part of the future. Uh, yeah, I think that says more about the use of the plus minus stat. Than anything why, else. Exactly. Why play someone? Pops read between the line comments. Non-competitive in LA. That comment mm-hmm. uh, before the game yesterday talked about he's taking his minutes seriously now. Right. And then Lonnie after the game, you know, mentions, "Hey, I'm I'm giving 110." percent effort now i mean why reward someone if they're not 
doing you're trying what to, you require. You're trying to teach that guy how to be a pro. Yeah, exactly. Like, like people will say, well, Marco doesn't play defense either. Well, you're not trying to grow Marco. Right. Marco is who he is. He might not even be on the team next year. Lonnie Walker is a guy you're trying to, to make part of your core. Yeah. You're trying to build him into the player you want him to be. Maybe if Marco Bellinelli's first coach had, had been hard on him and stressed defense and pulled him out when he blew to assignments, maybe Marco Bellinelli is a defensive player of the year now and and all that jazz. For our listeners at home, and this is horrifying for those of you who don't know it, but the only person in this highly secure room with children is Jeff McDonald. And like like there are two two young children who depend I mean, who depend on him for sustenance. That you and guys guidance. know of. Yes. <laughs> yes. And and you made a comment this week about uh, parenting in regards of, to um, to Pop and Lonnie Walker and and setting ground rules and and you just sounded like a dad there where maybe if Marco Bellinelli had a better father when he was growing up you know <laughs> exactly. that that exactly. he could have and I mean that in a coach term not in obviously Tom just grimaced like I said something offensive but but Jeff is saying I get that look well, a lot from people what do you do I get yes. that look a lot from people so but anyway to to flesh out your metaphor there pop is kind of trying to mold a kid who he's probably not going to coach forever um but trying to to kind of set these rules and 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 shape him into the type of player that he wants sees him being for years to come and if that meant a little more bench time early or time out if you will i don't know what the parents call it these days like that could be end up being a productive thing yeah i mean and of course, he has more athletic gifts than Marco Bellinelli, and is maybe even a better player at the way Marco Bellinelli has played this this season. But that's part of it too. Like if you don't, if you're gonna Lonnie Walker, if you're not going, if you're gonna blow this defensive assignment, if you're going to make game plan mistakes, we will play Marco Bellinelli in front of you. Yeah. Maybe that's part of the punishment. <laughs> aren't most coaches? They they tend to be conservative. We're not talking politics, yeah. but they they give the benefit of the doubt to the veteran. They want to. Yeah, hang on to that and see if he can turn things around. So I, I don't have any. I don't think. I don't think there's any reason to bash Pop or to spend time worrying about this. I really don't. What should we spend time worrying about? Oh, geez. The human condition, yes. the state of the state of the world. Yes. That's that's not that's a different our, podcast. That's not our sphere. The the thing that we talked about as the season began on this very question, which is one of the more popular questions that the Spurs have had, you know, the the Lonnie, the, the kids, Lonnie Walker, and then the old guys, Marco Bellinelli, who the fans are tired of. I, I think we made this point the first week of the year that if Marco Bellinelli is on the team and he's collecting a salary, which he is, you're not just going to get rid of him. You could use the first month. I think we said the first month to find out if he still had anything. And if he didn't, then you could move on. And I don't think anybody saw, what is it, 8 and 15 or 8 and 14, whatever the record is now coming. We'll, we'll find out later what the record is. <laughs> the NBA has not yet ruled on whether uh, that they'll have to. They're, by the way, they're not going to. This I might sound like an idiot if this comes out after I've been proven wrong. But this they're not going to make them play the last eight minutes again. I don't think so. And they're certainly not going to give the victory to the Rockets. No, they're definitely not going to do that. Yeah. But, hey, go ahead. But anyway, the, the, the point is, so the first month of the season, you found out what you had in Marco Bellinelli. You found out what you had in these older guys. And now I think if, if Lonnie Walker sits for the bulk of the game against Sacramento on Friday and doesn't get off the bench next – week against Cleveland, then I think even Tom Orsborn will say, what the heck is Tom, is uh, Pop thinking? Yes. But 
you know, up until this point, I, I would agree with Tom that it's sort of been just kind of controversy for controversy's sake and people are looking for something to get upset about because this goes into the psyche of a city and a franchise that just is unaccustomed to dealing with not being great. And so people are just, obviously there has to be a reason why the team is losing. It's because the coach doesn't know what he's doing anymore. There's got to be a savior out there. There has to be a savior, the backup quarterback thing yeah. all and and so you sure it's great that Lonnie Walker has emerged and and he might turn into something and he might become a star but I I don't think that waiting a month to insert him into the rotation when he clearly had some stuff to work on is is going to be the thing that dooms this yeah, I, mean, I, think, was, I, was, I think you you nailed it he clearly had some things to work on it was and, baby it was baby steps you give him five minutes here or there and I agree that's not a very good sample size but he didn't do much with them and he, he kind of and and but it's baby steps, and you get to the point. Well, let's give him some garbage time against Minnesota. Yeah. Oh, well, he kind of looks like he's figured some things out. Let's give him more garbage time against uh, against uh, Detroit. Even more things figured out. Now he's in the rotation for a game, yeah. and does something with it. And that's how you earn minutes in the NBA when you're a 20 year old kid. I I would agree with that. The where where do we think this the Spurs sit in terms of figuring out? the biggest problem, which is defense. And and I'll start with that because I think the emergence of Lonnie Walker, even though he's had problems on that end of the floor at times in his in his moments this year, I think the the potential of the defense is higher when you can play him with either DeJounte Murray or Derek White. Like that's a pretty decent if 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 they're playing defense at their potential, that's a pretty decent defensive backcourt. And that could help solve a lot of things. It's, it, this team's never going to be a good defensive team this year, but yeah. that help that helps if you if that that's one way that Marco Bellinelli really hurts you. He's he's not a defensive player, never has been, never will be. Are you breaking news here on the podcast? This is breaking news. By the way, you could get this break, sort of breaking news if you sign up for the Spurs Nation newsletter, and I pronounced that correctly this go. week on ExpressNews.com. Um, you can check out all of the Jeff McDonald, Tom Orsborne, breaking news stuff, the features, the columns, all that type of stuff. Also, subscribe to our podcast, the Spurs Insider Podcast, on all your favorite podcast apps. But anyway, the the yeah, Lonnie Walker gives more upside on the defensive end. Is is the defense going to ever be like not atrocious? Did Pop kind of throw in the towel in that regard? pre-game yesterday when he said there's no lineup that yeah I asked him because um i think all, he was being self-deprecating but all, all of the uh all of the shut-ins and robots that have been harassing jeff on the twitter have been asking him to ask better questions and they want to know why pop doesn't play good lineups like the the question is Ask Pop why he keeps playing bad lineups and not good lineups. And so I sort of asked him that. Like, <laughs> what, have, have you ever thought about just playing your best defensive lineup? And, uh, and Pop says, well, what is our best defensive lineup? And I said, uh, I'm not a coach. You know, isn't that your job to know what the best defensive lineup is? And he said, I am a coach, and I don't know what our best defensive lineup is. I think he does. But um, it, on, on that note, I think that, there has to come a point when he sacrifices a little bit of the, um, you know, Brent Forbes can fill it up from three-point land at times, but he might should give a way in terms of minutes to guys who can defend a little better. 
Am I wrong? That sounds plausible. Yeah. To have some more Coke Zero there. So Jakob's racking up the blocks because the guys on the perimeter can't guard anyone. Have we decided we're calling him Pertle Wax now? Pertle Wax <laughs> is pretty good. Hot, hat tip to Twitter, whoever that was. What was the other one? What a game last night for for Mr. Pertle. Pertle's played well. Yeah. By the way, this this breakthrough game came with Lamarcus still sidelined. I, I I'm not gonna make any comment on that one way or the other, but um they they tend to play a different style when he's not out on the floor. That's true. They lost by thirty four the game before. They did. They did. No 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 follow up there. I'm just pointing it out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lamarcus is the best player on the team in terms of accomplishments, in terms of probably talent. So yeah. what's what's the best case scenario? He comes back healthy and starts playing more consistently, which he tends to do. Mm-hmm. As the season goes on, when he comes and, and and Lonnie does emerge as this rookie of the year candidate, this is a whole other. Pod- I mean, not rookie of the year. That's wrong. But he sophomore he emerges, of the year, yes, yeah, as the sophomore of the year candidate. What's the best? Scenario way better than way better team? than Luca. Do they get back? <laughs> do they get back in the race for the uh, eighth seed? They're not even. They're, uh, they're still sort of in the rates, aren't they? They're only. Like I, I, wa- I want to right. say, like I wanted to say, nobody comes back from seven and fourteen, eight and fourteen. But then you look at the standings, and they're like two games out of eight. Now there's like five teams in between them there. So, yeah. but yeah, they're not out. And Dejounte, the minutes uh, restriction gets lifted. Uh, we need to follow up on that. I'm assuming it might already be. He's just not playing those minutes because he's coming off the bench now. Why don't you ask the tough questions? I don't know because <laughs> I have to come here and do a podcast. And you're so into it. The the Coke Zero is gone. I want another one. You want to go fetch me one? It's not available. Um, I'm not sure where to get one. We're we're out here in the middle of nowhere in this undisclosed location. The when when Lamarcus comes back, Pirtle has been so good and been a key to um, some recent success. Does does Lamarcus start with Pirtle or with Rudy Gay? Um, they were they were starting Lamarcus with Pirtle before. LaMarcus got hurt, but mm-hmm. then again, some of that is matchups too. Like you wouldn't probably wouldn't start that way against the Rockets if you're playing the Rockets. You'd start Rudy Gay in one of those spots. Would you? I yeah, because PJ Tucker is your power forward. And no matter how good Walker becomes this season, he still comes off the bench as a Manu as an energy guy. I don't know about that. Yeah, that's another thing to the consider. like like Brent Forbes played great. Last night against the Rockets, he was a key part of the whole comeback. But that's a spot that if the Spurs want to be um, a better defensive team for sure, that, that's a guy whose spot could be vulnerable. Like his, the analytics on Forbes aren't great. And, and it, Pop has started him for a while now, going back to last season, likes him there. But if clearly there's higher upside with Lonnie Walker given or DeJounte Murray or any of those guys than Brent. Brent Forbes kind of is who he is. Given the makeup of their starting lineup, though, you understand why they start Brent. Yes. Which that brings up another point that Pop has been harping on again the last couple weeks is, uh, or the last week or so, is Derek White becoming more of a three-point shooter. Yes. If Derek White is hitting three-pointers, then that changes who you can play with him in that starting lineup. What does a and, – and I'm not picking on Brent here, but a starting backcourt of – Derek White, Lonnie Walker, and DeMar DeRozan, in which Lonnie and Derek are somewhat competent from three-point land, that's got some potential. Yeah, well, yeah, the yeah, but I don't know that Lonnie Walker is there yet. I mean, we'll see. Jeff's still hating on Lonnie Walker. The the other issue to bring up here, he knocked is, him down last night though. So 
people think of Brent Forbes as a as a younger guy, but he might not be part of the future. Like he's a free agent. Yeah. He's 26, right? 25, 26. Right, but isn't he are we sure that he's coming back? I don't know. I'm just saying if, if that could be another turn the page type moment if yeah. if you want yeah. to go more with the guys who are you think of Lonnie and DeJounte and Derek White as long-term parts of this franchise's future. I'm not sure Brent fits there. So maybe you want to, if if this team isn't competing for playoffs at the end of the year, maybe you look at a lot of those combinations yeah, of those sure. three other guys. Because sure. then they'll have to deal with Bertans and Forbes killing them. I mean, you, <laughs> yeah. you can do a lot when you've just decided, you know, screw the playoffs, we're just going to see what we got here. And I don't think they're, they're even close to no, that yet. No, they're not. And they're going to get there a lot slower than other people will. Like, they're going to give up the ghost a lot. Right. They're going to hang on because... Right. Because. Also, that there's no one running away with that eight spot. Yeah. Which may or may not be a positive thing for a team that might be ready to turn the page. Yeah. Like, like it's gonna, the fact that no one is running away with the eight spot means that a lot of teams that might otherwise say, let's rebuild, kind of have to hang around to make sure that they're out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Good point. Up, upcoming... On the schedule, things Pop and, and the players have talked a lot about how, and, and no one's asking for sympathy here, but there have not been a lot of days, a lot of extended days off for this team. It's been, like was, we mentioned last week, either either games or plane, plane flights, and not a lot of practice time, that kind of thing. Things are going to slow down here. 34 straight days. Pop was correct in that pregame comment. 34 straight days yeah. of either a game or a yes. flight. Yeah. Playing every other day, basically. Yeah. Between game yeah. two and three is when they last had two. Yeah prior to Halloween. So this could be a reset moment for them. You get this big emotional victory over the Houston Rockets, and you get a couple days off. You get Sacramento on Friday. You get to take care of that one. Then you get almost a full week off and, and maybe Cleveland. come back you know, full of... You come back, you face Cleveland. You got yeah. your legs underneath you. You got Lonnie Walker buying for that vaunted sophomore of the year. The uh, way we're going to promote this podcast on social media and on the internet is talk about how Tom Ringo Starr Orsborn is pushing for Lonnie Walker, a sophomore, sophomore over the year, of the year. over Luka Doncic and uh, Trey Young. Was did the Spurs get a steal in Lonnie Walker? Should should Dallas have passed on Lonnie Walker to take Luka? That's that's the question that we're asking. Well, what I think the Dallas should have done is played Luka in the G League for a whole year, <laughs> and then made an emergent spot. Yeah, I I I think that. Some like, I don't know what that. Carlisle's doing over there. <laughs> he hasn't won a championship in how many Games years? <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. Um, speaking of Carlisle and Pop, just to go on a complete tangent, because Tom Warsman brought up Tony Romo earlier, should uh, Jason Garrett be fired, Tom? I think the time's come for a change up there. Look at Tom with all the hot Individually oh. and collectively, as Jason says so often, things are awry. Things are awry. Things have been awry in Spurs Nation. I think if you give Jason, though, like 10 more years, he'll learn from his mistakes. He's because the longest tenured coach in Amer in North American major sports on any four leagues to have not won a, a championship. Like the closest is uh, uh, Bob Melvin, the manager of the Oakland A's, and Terry Stotts. Terry Stotts. Of the Portland Trailblazers. So, yeah. I don't know where uh, that was going, but the Spurs have uh, some time off after this Sacramento game, so there's, there's going to be time to think about everybody's favorite NFL teams and other activities 
What 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 do you think is going? You said that the Sacramento, Cleveland thing could could be the vaulting point for this team. Is that actually going to happen? Sacramento's decent. I, I wouldn't. I, I mean, I've watched the Spurs play. You can't just cement wins. Nope. Even though it says Sacramento and Cleveland, but it should be like you like if you're going to make any kind of run to the playoffs, you have to beat Sacramento home and you have to beat Cleveland at home, even if they are probably better than their name recognition would would uh, lead you to believe. Yeah. We will see how that turns out. Uh, again, subscribe to the Spurs Nation newsletter. Come to expressnews.com. Subscribe to this podcast uh, in all your favorite apps or get it on expressnews.com. We will be back next week um, during a slow time of year for the Spurs, maybe a re-energizing part. Until then, um, thanks for listening. Take care of each other and keep it real.